0: It's a Mailbag Monday. We've got your questions about prospects in the Major League playoffs, about park factors in the minors, and how NIL and college baseball could impact the MLB draft. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day and great weekend of playoff baseball, got a ton of extra innings in from other teams. And, and I was asked just recently about the top five most influential prospects in the playoffs. And want to give a couple qualifications here. Guys who have been up all season, we're not talking about those guys. So yes, Julio Rodriguez is one of the most influential players in the postseason. We're not counting him as a prospect, we're counting him as a rookie. There's an important distinction there. Uh, You know, Cal Raleigh, a guy that I think is going to play a big role in the playoffs, but he's also been up and, you know, played, what, 90, 100 games? He's not a prospect, he's a rookie. So, um... Some of, these de- some of these guys may stretch the definition a little bit. That's fine. It's my show. But guys who have been up all year aren't on this list. So number five, the guy, the, the prospect, you know, that's in the top five for having a chance to influence the playoffs. Cleveland catcher Bo Naylor. 2018 first rounder. Fun fact, his name's actually Noah. Um, but not asked to be the starting catcher for the Indians right now. Austin he- for, for the Guardians right now. Austin Hedges is that guy. But Bo Naylor's a very interesting combination of power and speed, as well as being a very good defensive catcher. He's considered to be a very good um uh very good defender, especially when it comes to framing. We all know how important pitching is in the playoffs. And then he's got a good combination of power and of speed. Um, only has eight at-bats in five major league games this year, but In the minors, uh, 21 home runs, 20-24 to on stolen bases. One of those rare 20-20 years. He's a good runner for... he's, He's somewhere between good runner for a catcher and good runner, period. I'd probably lean him more towards... He's more on the good runner for a catcher side, but still. Stole 20 bases this year. 21 home runs. Gives you good defense. They've used him at DH some, and I see him as a guy who could be in there to hopefully try to provide some sort of power threat for this Cleveland lineup, because it's got a lot of contact guys, not a ton of power. Uh, And the perfect example of guys with contact ability, not a ton of power, uh, Will Brennan of the Cleveland Guardians. He's my number four on the list. Very much fits that classic Guardians position player mold, right? Great contact ability. I mean... Ah, uh, batting average in the bigs over 11 games is 3.57. He spent 93 games in AAA this year, batted 3.16. Um, but power is still developing. His minor league numbers in AAA: 3.16, 3.67, 4.71. Uh, I think he had 13 home runs this year, but he had 57 extra base hits. So the home run power is not quite there, but he's definitely got plenty of the. Of the gap power, he's got the speed to go out and do stuff. And then defensively can play all three positions for you, right? Can play right, can play left, can play center. They've put him in all three as well as DH him some. Above average speed, above average arm. He used to pitch a bit back in college. And so um, a guy that I expect while can hit a home run and at, at a big moment isn't somebody you're counting on for a home run like you would Bo Naylor but has all of the tools and a chance for playtime to have a highlight play or two of the postseason as Cleveland tries to make a run. Number three on this list of prospects with the biggest chance to influence the postseason, Hunter Brown of the Astros. 2019 fifth rounder out of Wayne State. And we've been big on Hunter Brown for a while. Best fastball in the system, best curveball in the system. And the whole thing for him has been just one, staying healthy, but then two, working on the control some. He walked um, 21 guys in 51 innings last year, so that's about 371. He walked 45 guys in 106 innings this year, so about 3.8 per nine. Kind of same issue. Uh, tends to lose the release point a bit. Uh, arm slot isn't super consistent, but. When it's on, the fastball, curveball weapons are lethal. I mean, he had 134 strikeouts and 106 innings in the minors. And then this year, he's been up for seven games, two starts, but the rest in the bullpen. They have him working out of the bullpen for the playoffs, too, because there's just so much pitching for Houston. 20 and a third innings, 0.89 ERA in the big so far. Uh, 22 strikeouts to seven walks. Uh, Again, the four-seamer... Power pitch can touch 99. It's a legitimate 70-grade pitch. Uh, Curveball is a plus pitch. Uh, The release and the the delivery are still... Sometimes he doesn't quite have them. When You don't have him starting, but you have him in a relief role. You can mitigate the exposure to it somewhat if he doesn't have it. And if he does, he's got a little bit more stamina to go deep and to give you multiple innings if you need it in the postseason. Every team needs that guy who can go multiple innings in the postseason and give you shut down stuff. Hunter Brown has the stuff. The question is, can he give it to you when you need it in the playoffs? The number two prospect that has the potential to be the most influential in the playoffs is starting pitcher Bryce Elder for the Braves. So we talked about guy who can give you multiple innings and has great stuff. That's what Spencer Strider... Uh, that's the discussion about if Strider is able to make it back. He threw on flat ground the other day. But if Strider's able to make it back, they may move him back to the bullpen in that multiple innings of relief whenever you need it the most shut down thing. We know that the Braves top three is set with Max Fried, Charlie Morton, and Kyle Wright. That fourth job, if Strider moves back to the bullpen, that fourth spot is open and that's where Bryce Elder comes in. The Braves don't want to start Jake Odorizzi. They're not going to have Mike Soroka back. Ian Anderson hasn't made it back. After he got sent down to AAA. And so Bryce Elder is a guy that may have to come up and give the Braves legitimate innings this year. Uh, they've had him pitch in 10 games. He had 9 starts. 3 ERA in 54 innings. Had a complete game. Uh, but, you know, 3 ERA, 47 strikeouts to 23 walks. Um, something where, again, having that top 3 set, but having that question mark after 3... And knowing that the only break you have in the NLDS is after game two and in the NLCS is after, I think it's game two, means that you're going to need a fourth starter in every series, provided that the game, you know, like no matter what, it's going to go four games. Uh, You're going to need a fourth starter. And so Bryce Elder can be that guy for Atlanta. They've trusted him at this point in the season so far to come up and give meaningful innings as they were, you know, obviously trying to chase down the Mets and, successfully did I mean he went nine shutout innings against Washington the end of September I think he gave up six hits one one walk six strikeouts but you know nine innings through I think 106 pitches so he's fully stretched out he can go the number one most influential prospect in the playoffs and here's where I'm probably stretching the definition of prospect just a bit Oswaldo Cabrera we've talked about him before but one of the defenders that they brought up, uh, he now has 44 games in the big. So he probably technically doesn't have prospect eligibility. But again, my show, I'm including him. Uh, switch hitter, rarely leaves the ball on the ground. Okay, I think his ground ball rates may be in 30%. One of the lower ground ball rates in the playoffs. But to go along with that... um Obviously, switch hitter has done really well against righties, 256, 343, 484. Um, and so I think he's gonna have a he has an opportunity to hit a couple home runs. And then defensively, they've used him everywhere. He's played 27 games in right, nine in left, four at shortstop, three at first base, three at second base, and three at third base. And so Oswaldo Cabrera feels like a guy, especially with um, we're not sure if Matt Carpenter is back or not. We're not sure uh, when Andrew Benatendi is back. Oswaldo Cabrera feels like a guy that very much can have a couple defensive highlights, maybe gun a guy out or two. He had five outfield assists in like a nine-day stretch when he first came up, and he has, I think, six or seven right now. Um, he has the opportunity to make a couple defensive plays. Oswaldo Cabrera has a chance to get some timely hitting, include probably a, you know a late home run or something. And he has a chance to be one of the big stories of the playoffs if the Yankees go on and go deep into the playoffs. It all depends on how they do. In just a minute, I had a question about Jackson Churio and the ballparks that he's played in. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security. To protect their home, you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your security is the only thing that matters. I know all of this because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. So I got Simply Safe about three or four years ago. Uh, Bought it in a different house that I'm in now, and I was able to go in there and customize my package. So I got. The doorbell, camera, I got whatever I needed for the, the different in- door entry, windows that were being opened and closed, things like that. Um, cameras for inside and outside, glass break sensor, water sensor for the water heater pan, like everything that I needed, customized my system. And when I moved a year and a half ago, I was able to take that entire system, take all of those components down, they were just attached with command strips, take them all down and move them with me to my new home, Set everything back up. Get the service configured with Simply Safe. It's been fantastic to have. They've got 24/7 professional monitoring. Uh, the moment a threat is detected, they can call you. If you're not home, you can't be reached. They can uh, they can dispatch police or first responders. Uh, they have with the cameras. They have the option to look and see what's going on. So I had a day where my basement door came unlatched and blew open and set the alarm off. They had the camera view. They were able to see that it wasn't a person entering the house. It was just a faulty door. So they called me and were able to let me know what they were seeing when it happened. I just went home and closed the door, got the, you know, fixed the door, but the police never didn't have to show up because it wasn't actually an an issue. They used the cameras. I gave them permission. They used the cameras to determine there wasn't actually, uh, actually a threat. And this is their proprietary advanced response technology. They can visually confirm when a break-in is real, so when they call the police, they're not a, "Hey, we have an alarm that has gone off. They say we have visual confirmation. there is an intruder in this home, so you get the highest priority police dispatch. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. You save twenty percent on your simply safe security system. When you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you get the first month free. That's visit simplysafe.com/slash locked on mlb to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. Okay, so I had a question about Jackson Churio and the park that he pl- that he's played in, or the parks that he played in. And the question was, in essence, about how much. Like when we're evaluating Jackson Churio as a prospect, and why was we've talked about the Brewers outfielder a lot? He's been one of the stories of the minor league season. We had David Gasper reviewing the Brew on, and he talked about his minor league, Churio's minor league manager comparing him to Ron Bacuna, and a lot of things like that. And the question was, how do we know that he's legitimately a good player when he played in favorable parks? So if you've missed it, last year, Matt Eddy at Baseball America did the numbers and pulled up the park factors, calculated the park factors for all of the different minor league ballparks. And so to kind of clarify, things that influence park factors at the big league level, we're kind of common with some of these. We know that uh, Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati is a hitter's park. We know that Coors Field is a hitter's park. Um, to kind of clarify what some of these things, what what accounts for some of these things, ballpark dimensions. This is both distance and wall height. So Fenway Park has the, by far, the closest left field to home plate. It's like two something down the line because they have the green monster. They also, with a normal height fence, or actually a low fence, have the shortest right field corner as well. To get to the pesky pole, so that's something that influences the park factor is the distance down the line, power alley center, things like that. Handedness obviously influences that as well. If you're a if you're a righty versus a lefty, like a lefty would love to pull balls into the short porch and right field for the Yankees. Uh, same thing for the Braves; you want to pull it into the the chop house down right field. Uh, so handedness influences that as well. The weather is obviously something that comes up. Uh, Closed stadium versus open air. So you look at ballparks that have a dome, Tampa Bay, for instance, and a lot of the environmental factors are just flat because the humidity is maintained and all of that. But you can look at, if it's open air, it may be something where you have a, a brisk wind, you have a lot of humidity or a lot of dryness. If Arizona was an open ballpark, one, it'd be incredibly hot and nobody ever go to games. But two, it'd be so dry the ball would just take off. But instead, they have controlled humidity and temperature inside the ballpark. Uh, Precipitation obviously matters if it rains more, things like that. And then the way that Matt calculated it for 2021 at Baseball America is actually using math. You go and you take the home performances of players, the away performances of players, and then you look at those away players in other parks compared to this one, and you do a a bunch of math to figure out how to adjust everything. So the baseline is 100, and 100 is completely neutral. So it plays exactly in the middle. And we don't have the 2022 measurements out. We have the 2021 measurements out. But the reason for the question from Jackson Churio is he played 62 games in low A. And the stat line in low A... 324, 373, 600. 12 home runs, 40 extra base hits, 10 to 12 on stolen bases, and 76 strikeouts to 19 walks. And the thing here, the low A ballpark for Milwaukee um, has a home park factor of 115. The home run factor is 124. And outside of the home games, only nine games he played in ballparks with a park factor under 115. So he played in a lot of offense-friendly environments, either at home or on the road. And so I think that there's a conversation to be had about when we are evaluating a hitter, How? what all are we taking into account? And there's the scouting look. There is what you are seeing from an educated perspective, as far as how a player is handling different types of pitches, how he's handling spin, how he's handling elite velo, things like that. There is obviously this is park factor is something that I don't think a lot of us pay a ton of attention to, unless there's some sort of amazing outlier to this. Um, you you may remember I've talked before about Double A Mississippi for the Braves, how that ballpark suppresses offense, and so why. Michael Harris and Von Grissom were able to come up and look so much better than their minor league numbers was because they played in such a difficult pitcher's park in the minors. But park factors, not something we talk a lot about, but definitely something that has an influence. Uh, Some more things for Jackson Churio that could be considered maybe negatives. He had one of the worst end zone contact rates in low A. I mean, it was probably bottom 10%. It's just like it was too much swing and miss. I mean, and we saw 76 strikeouts in 62 games. Now, there's mitigating factors here to some of this. Uh, He did get much better throughout the year. I think he finished the year at like 76% in zone contact. So one in four swings and misses on pitches in the zone. But that's obviously not great. And then the batting average on balls in play when he was in low A was 423. So some fortuitous bounces, some lucky bounces, some good luck there. There are absolutely pluses to when you watch him and you evaluate him that don't necessarily come up on the stat sheet. Bat speed is elite. like for his, like for Not just for his age, for a minor leaguer. It is almost elite bat speed. But his age is significant too. He was age 18 all the way through rookie ball, low A, high A, into double A. He struggled severely in double A. I think he had a batting average. It was a small sample size. Uh, but he had a batting average of of 0.087 across his what 26 plate attempts in double A this year at the very end of the season. So probably gonna go back to double A next year. Um, so pluses, pl- minuses. It's interesting when you look at the most extreme parks in the minor leagues. Um when you look at runs and you look at home runs, like for runs, it's triple A Sugarland for the for the Houston Astros. 78 on that, with 100 being normal. They're at 78 for runs. For home runs, Low A Palm Beach for the Cardinals has a park factor of like 48. And I think part of that is that ballpark is made to major league dimensions because it's a spring training home. And so that may be part of it. But one of the most hitter friendly parks is High A Spokane um, of the Colorado Rockies. So run factor 131 with 100 being baseline. And for home runs, 173, well, again, with 100 being baseline. It makes sense that we're going to prepare you for course field by playing you in a mini course field. Uh, 2,000 foot elevation for Spokane. And then left to right, 335, 396 to center, 296 to right. Less than 50% humidity during the season. So it's it's high altitude, it's dry air, uh, it's not the biggest park in the world. The balls can fly out of Spokane. It's really interesting to kind of watch that. Um, that's something where as we get the 2022 numbers, hopefully compiled by Baseball America or somewhere else, uh, I'll go through if there's anything specifically interesting. I'll make sure that I share it in the show, but either way, I'll probably tweet that link out so you can see it. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter to find that. Uh, the show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. In just a minute, had a question about the MLB draft. Uh, it's just about time to start talking 2023 draft. Obviously, teams have been doing this for a while. Um, but we're going to get to the, the 2023 MLB draft right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, question from Johan on um, on Twitter. One of our frequent listeners, Seattle Mariners fan. Congratulations on, on the, the playoff series victory over the weekend, buddy. Happy for you. Uh, asked about how much impact, if any, do you think NIL, that's name, image, and likeness, what we do for for, uh, for college sports now, can have with raising pay for minor leaguers. So I don't think it's going to have a big impact on minor league pay. And that's simply because that is being collectively bargained as part of the new union. Um, and that is, that is guaranteed. I mean, I will just about say guaranteed to go up under the new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, But, interesting note, minor league baseball players do not have their own NIL rights. The Uniform Player Contract gives those name, image, and likeness rights for minor league players to their um, respective big league teams. So they can put you into an advertisement for a sponsor if they want to. They don't have to, like, get it approved by you first. They don't have to sign anything. They can just do it. They have the rights to your name, image, and likeness. I really think that it's going to have a bigger impact on players trying to figure out when to enter the minors. There was a a quote from Tony Clark, uh, Commissioner of the MLB Players Association. I want to say it was back in July, right there around the All-Star Game and all of that. And he said, quote, I am concerned as we move forward in the changing landscape in college, particularly as it relates to NIL rights, which I am fine with. But how it's going to affect the major sports will be very interesting and how it sways some of the decision making is going to be very interesting. And he went on to explain, uh, you know, to, to say we're challenged in our game with attracting many of the top athletes to play our game is an understatement. When you're drafted in the other leagues, you find yourself in prime time immediately. And those are other financial opportunities that are much different, if not much higher, in those sports than ours. I'm interested to see how it manifests itself moving forward. And What Tony Clark is saying here is it is so hard for a drafted baseball player to have an opportunity outside of their bonus to make significant money and to garner the chance to play at a high level, it takes so much longer and is so much harder in baseball. Baseball, you bring in 20, 22 guys, 25 guys a year from the draft, and you have to make it through rookie ball, four levels of the minors before you debut in the bigs. And the money, as we've discussed in the show so many times, is so small. Uh, In college baseball, the way that it works for scholarships is you get 11.7 scholarships for your 27-man roster. It's called an equivalency sport. So you can get portions of a scholarship. So very few players get a full scholarship for baseball because every player has to get at least 25%. It's part of the rules. And so a lot of teams will give out a 25% scholarship here, a 50% scholarship there. Very, very few players get a full scholarship for baseball. And so the biggest impact that NIL is going to have on MLB, and we saw some of this in the last draft, there's twofold. One, a high school player getting that high school player onto the college campus is easier. Um, Because now, NIL, for the most part, for the major programs, and I say this as somebody who... Freelance covers a college baseball program that went to the College World Series in Auburn, a Power Five program in the number one conference in college baseball. Um, just about every player has their cost of attendance covered by NIL. The difference in the scholarship and what it costs to attend the school is being covered through NIL opportunities, whether it's a collective, whether it's through sponsorships and endorsements, that is being covered. So now the prospect of going to college is there's no cost to attend. You can develop your game, oftentimes with better facilities than you have at a lot of these minor league parks and year-round support because you have a spring season, you you are on campus throughout the fall with your coaches, you have the summer off, but oftentimes you'll go and you'll go play Northwoods, you'll go play Cape Cod League, you'll play somewhere else. And so for a high schooler, you have the ability to be more selective and request a larger dollar amount at draft time for your bonus, knowing that that's the only significant money you're going to make, in your case as a high schooler, for probably four or five years. You're probably not going to debut till 22, 23. So you can be more selective and ask for a larger dollar figure, knowing that if that doesn't come through, you can go to college at no cost, in essence, and develop your game in a pro- what's probably a better facility if you're at a mid-major or be- or, be- or better university. And then two, when it comes to drafting upperclassmen, you have let's say a senior who has one more year of eligibility. He's not going to accept as low of an offer because he has the option to go back and probably make equivalent money in you know back at back on campus. Uh, a minorly, le- a triple A AAA salary is one of the largest salaries for a prospect under the uniform player contract, and it still caps out at like 13000 dollars a year. So you offer this kid twenty grand to sign when you take him in the sixteenth round, twenty grand to sign, and he has the option of making fourteen grand over the co- course of a season. He can go back to college, and if he's a good player in a decent conference. He can make 15,000, 20,000 in NIL money over the course of a season. And so it makes it tougher to get players into minor league baseball. Now, some would argue that MLB teams are fine with guys learning in college and developing in college and taking less time to make it through uh, less time to make it through the minors and debut. And that's a conversation for a different show. But I think NIL has the biggest impact on the draft, not necessarily so much player salaries. Fantastic week this week. We're we're talking about uh, top 100 prospects, with to different ranking services, going over a, a lot of great stuff, going to look at the Fall League, going to look at some other things with some of the top prospects. So stay tuned. If you're not, not already subscribed to the show, do us a favor. Uh, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, if you're on audio uh, subscribe to the show in your podcast app of your choice and go out and leave us a review. It really does help the show a ton as far as discovery uh, and get it at us in front of new people. Until we talk tomorrow, this has been Locked on MLB Prospect. Um.